Welcome to Beyond Bite Wings, the business side of dentistry, brought to you by Edwards & Associates PC. Join us as we discuss how to build your dental practice, optimize your income, and plan for your future. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Edwards & Associates PC is not rendering legal, accounting, or professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information that is shared. At Edwards & Associates PC, our business is the business of dentistry. For help or more information, visit our website at enassociates.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond Bikings. In today's episode, we will be talking about the importance of maintaining a healthy mindfulness mindset. Within the studio, there's me, Ash, and we have a special guest here on our episode today. Her name's Priyanka. She's a graduate student at Northwestern University. She's currently studying mental health counseling. She's a counselor in training under supervision and doing her practicum at Meltzer Counseling right here in the DFW area. So Priyanka, how are we doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Ash. I'm excited to oh, be here. Yeah, same here. You know, this episode has been in the works for some time. I feel like the era we currently live in, mm -hmm. uh, there are certain factors that we sometimes take for granted. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, taking the moment to actually address something like mindfulness mm -hmm. can help us have a better work-life balance, not just in our personal life, but also translate that into our work life mm -hmm. and be able to produce better quality of work and be more efficient. Right. I absolutely agree with you, uh, especially in this day and age when there is so much stress uh, with work, maintaining a nice healthy balance of your personal life, and especially in fields which are more technical, uh, requires a lot of dexterity, requires a lot of attention, especially with memory retention or you know, not spacing out. And these kind of fields are very, very hard to kind of tackle when you're not living in the present, you know? So that's what I think. Yeah, I 100% agree. Now, you know, to get this episode started, I think we should start with defining mindfulness. So, mm -hmm. you know, what is mindfulness to you? So mindfulness, I will use three words. It's basically here and now. Okay. And here and now is often hyphenated, but I will kind of explain a little bit on this, is it's living moment to moment, you know? Not carpe diem. Okay. <laughs> Let me get that straight. It's not carpe diem, but being aware of your moments, every moment, the steps you're taking, the work you're doing, your surrounding, uh, your bodily sensations, very important, through gentle and nurturing, you know, sense of being, being okay. a little light on your feet, kind of. Interesting. See, now, if somebody gave me that definition and said, do you think you're being mindful? I would say, oh, yeah, I think I would do that. <laughs> but I think sometimes we forget that are we truly, like if we actually pause for a second and take into account, take into stock of truly what the moment is offering, are we truly in it or are we maybe, I don't know, living in the past or constantly in the future with, you know, all the things that are around us at all times, you know, in our environment, mm -hmm. whether it's work, 
a family, kids, or chores, mm -hmm. or, you know, things that we put on the list that we're going to do so we have a better future or, you know, attain certain goals. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what do you think? So you said something very, very crucial and essential about past and the future. Um, our brain is programmed in such a way that we kind of, you know, always trying to project or prospect or predict, you know, sometimes all at the same time. Um, and when we're trying to predict, we're kind of living in the future, you know. We're predicting that we're going to make a mistake. We're predicting that we're going to screw up. We're not going to meet the deadline that you or your boss has set for you. Um, you, you know, or being in the past, kind of, you know, mulling over what I have done wrong or how I'm going to repeat that again. So again, kind of bouncing back and forth, right? And in that sense, you're actually missing out. Mm. You're missing out in that moment. The work you're doing right there, you're actually going to make mistakes for sure. And which would translate into your work. You know, oh, yeah. Spill over into your work. Oh, yeah, I'm, for sure. I'm assuming. Yeah, and then your productivity will go down. You're going to feel burnout. Ah, that's another word that we hear a lot. Mm -hmm. Burnout. So mm -hmm. you're saying that by not being mindful mm -hmm. of the present, it can potentially lead out to burnout. It can. It can. It can lead to many different symptoms of a lot of different kind of, you know, distress that we feel. But for sure, burnout is one of them that, mm -hmm. you know, because you're, you're automated. You're living in autopilot, kind of. And you're repeating the same routine. You're doing the same thing over and over again. And you take the process for granted. And that's when we make mistakes because we're assuming that things are going to go exactly how we want it to go. I see. Right. So when it doesn't go like that and you're working too hard without taking into you know, account where you are, what you're, what you're feeling, if your hands are shaking, if you're a doctor, think about that. Right. And then slowly you're going to burn out. This will also help attain a good balance. Yes, absolutely. Now, the other thing I'm thinking of is I think a lot of this can be achieved by being conscious, mm -hmm. having an intent and actually consciously taking certain steps to be more mindful that can have all of these positive benefits, but you have to consciously take some steps. Now, would you have some recommendations for our listeners about some of these steps that can be taken? So one thing I would like to kind of say is about intentionality, mm -hmm. right? Deliberation. Mm -hmm. You have to do that deliberately, intentionally. And I also want to kind of bring to attention that it's like, you know, an athlete will never get to the point where they are just by doing the exercise once or by doing an activity once. They're going to be putting in hundreds and thousands of hours to get to where they are. So it's kind of like that. You know, you train your mind to do that. Mm -hmm. So that's important and key to understand. And yes, about the routine, that's where the routine comes in. A structure comes in, right? And some of them are very easy, but again, it's like I said, you have to practice. In one go, it's not going to happen, but it's going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So one way you can do that, I feel, and in my experience, I have done that myself and I've seen tremendous changes in my memory retention, in remembering things or retaining information, right? So one way is 
absolutely just simple. It's breathing. Breathing. Mm-hmm. You don't say it. I mean, don't we already do that? <laughs> we do that, but we do it very automatically, very con- unconsciously to survive, pretty much. I see. So you're saying that we should be breathing, not unconsciously, but consciously and not yes. for survival, but with an intention. With an intention. Okay. You got it. So, for instance, you do breathing from your belly. So it's an exercise. Yes, it is an exercise. Okay. So you do breathing exercises from your belly, not the superficial breathing that we do, right? But from your belly, you take a deep breath, you let it out, and you track your breathing. Uh You literally just focus on the breathing. Mm -hmm. When you're breathing in, say one, and when you're breathing out, say two. In your head, or are you trying to say ah, it as you're No, breathing? no. You, you <laughs> said that in your head. That, okay. that, that's probably better. And then count to 10. And then come back to one again, mm-hmm. right? Do this five times, five sets, mm-hmm. right? And you're going to immediately feel a certain sense of calmness. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, it may not happen right then and there. You might feel a little bit of anxiety when you're doing it for the first time. You'll be like, what am I doing? It's ridiculous. But it's not, right? So that's one way of doing it, for sure. There are some other... Now, I would like to mm-hmm. go back to this. So yeah, sure. when would you do this exercise? Like, do you do this right after you wake up? Do you do this when you're feeling anxious or out of sorts? Or do you do it periodically throughout the day? So the first thing is awareness that you are kind of not yourself. You, you can feel something rising in your body. You're, you feel some sort of discomfort maybe. Or you're just so used to it that you don't even notice it, right? So that's a practice. That, that's an exercise you do it yourself, that you're catching yourself being distracted. Yeah. Or you're catching yourself just slumping, right? Yeah. You take a deep breath, and that's when you do the practice. It could be every two hours. It could be when you wake up in the morning. I've done that when I wake up in the morning. And that helps a lot. Another way of doing it would be kind of you can add a few things to it. When you get out or get up from your bed, you can put your foot on the ground and feel the ground. Don't take that, you know, the hard surface for granted. Just feel it. So you mean the tactile sensation? Uh Uh-huh. That's right. That's right. You just feel it. Feel that, okay, I can feel the hard surface under my feet. So... You then start the day or the carpet or whatever works. So that and then you can do the breathing exercises, right? Look around yourself, like what's around you. Um, Maybe you can tell yourself, okay, there is a white wall. I see it. I see a switch right there, right? I can feel my bed sheets. You see, you're kind of putting yourself in the present right now. Mm. You're not racing to do some chores. You're not racing to meet a deadline at that point. Because that's what I do. As soon as I wake up, I'm like, oh, I got to get ready. I have to go yeah. to work. Or, oh, do we I all do it. To, you know, grab a cup of coffee on mm-hmm. my way. I do that too sometimes. Mm. So like I said, it's, it's a practice. And the more you do it, it becomes part of your life, like brushing your teeth. I see. So consistency. Absolutely. So you have to do it not just once. You have to do it however many times you can mm-hmm. and keep at it mm-hmm. until it becomes part of your routine. Right. Right. I see. So I, I interrupted you there for mm-hmm. a second. So you were going to talk about a second exercise or 
Yes. So another one. So I kind of mix up a few things like the breathing exercise that can be done separately. Absolutely. Another one I do is grounding exercise. So grounding exercise is something that promotes mindfulness. Mm -hmm. It makes you, it makes, it brings you to right now. Okay. Okay. And there are some various techniques there, but one thing I use is getting in touch with your five senses. Okay. So one of them, maybe you can start with five deep breaths in and out from your belly. You can keep your eyes open. Probably, I say that because I think when you're in a workspace, Mm -hmm. when you have to see a client or a patient, you can't close your eyes, then you're in a different place, right? You're you're kind of shutting out the world. You don't want to do that. You still accept your present, which is the office you're in, right? So one of the senses I may start with is the sight. So three, you name three things that you see in front of you. Okay. And you name them to yourself. And then deep breathe in and out. Then maybe another sense like smell. What are the three smells that you get around you, right? And then so on and so forth. You can go down the list like that. And once you're done with this, you're going to feel a sense of presence within yourself. You're not, you, you haven't taken a flight. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Because usually that's what we do, uh, you know, when, when we're seeing a client or a patient, especially what's happening is we are so caught up with the details. We forget that we're there not to just serve them, but also take care of ourselves, right? It can take a toll. Mm-hmm. So that's another exercise I do before you know, my work or my studies. I see. Now, how long does that usually take? It shouldn't take more than 10 minutes. Okay. You can do it for 15 minutes as well. But again, because you're working, yeah, you're working in a workspace, I would say 10 minutes in and out is not a bad place to start. Okay. Because that's what I was wondering, because you mentioned office. I was thinking, okay, if you're in the office, Mm -hmm. how long is this going to take? Because if it's very time-consuming, then maybe... No, it's not. You can do it for five minutes, too. And, you know, there are certain apps that I have used. For instance, Headspace I've used. Mm -hmm. And they have one-minute videos just for uh, quick reminders, you know. They have five-minute sessions. They have 10 minutes. They have 20 minutes, too. So Mm -hmm. if you want an assisted meditation or a session like that, that you want to be guided, mm-hmm. you can do, you know, use those apps too. So Headspace is there, Calm is there, mm-hmm. and also there is Insight Timer. Okay, yeah, no, those are definitely great resources. Now, tell me this, all of these exercises will attribute towards helping one to become more mindful of mm-hmm. the here and now, the present. Mm-hmm. Now, how would that translate into better work? So billions of dollars are lost on employee productivity due to stress, mm-hmm. right? And this loss of productivity is, it's a cyclical vicious cycle, I would say, because you're so stressed for the rising prices, paying bills, your kids, you know, chores or whatever you have to do in your personal life. And then, of course, there's a pressure of work. One, so one doesn't cause the other. It's it, it goes hand in hand, right? So when that happens, of course, the essentially you're losing yourself in the space, in, in the work, 
or in the stress. So just taking your mind off will definitely help with these exercises. I see. So this is like one way to keep yourself in check. Yes. And your productivity will increase. Your stress level will go down. You'll be more engaged with your patients, with your clients, even with your office staffs. It'll make a better relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll grow more empathy. That's another thing. Oh, and that's a big factor here. So, I mean, in my mind, I have, I'm already thinking how beneficial that would be, but I'll let you take the baton. So, you know, in a workspace, when you are, maybe you're working with your admins or other doctors or other professionals, paraprofessionals, and if you're not communicating well, there will be misdiagnosis in the process, right? That's a given, pretty obvious. And this communication is not just information sharing. This is also relating to the other person. You're spending, what, eight to 10 hours a day in the office. And when you're seeing clients, when you're not seeing clients, you're still with, you know, your colleagues. And when you're not relating to them, they're not going to listen to you, Mm. right? They're not going to listen to you. They're not going to communicate with you, right? There will be a sense of dissonance right? Uh, From the expectations you have placed, maybe you're a boss and you're the owner of a practice and you have set some expectations and they're not meeting it. Mm. And why is that? Is it just because you're not paying them well? I don't think so, right? So there's more to that. So empathy is extremely important for uh, morale. I see. Well, that's, that's true. I mean, honestly, this is a team setting, right? Mm-hmm. So if empathy is not there, how can you be part of a team? At that point, it's just, you know, boss and a few employees. Yeah, yeah. In a and professional environment. Yeah, your relationship is just through the reward, the money you're getting. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of employees, you know, sometimes we run into this issue where, of course, the couple of exercises you just mentioned is something that can be applied by anyone. But what if someone runs into something that requires more of a deeper dive, right? Meaning, you know, just these exercises are not enough. They're still feeling anxious or they're still not performing to their best. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, one may consider, you know what? I may need to go see a counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are certain stigmas associated with that. Absolutely. I feel like right now it's getting a little bit better. Yeah, it is. You know, uh, going and seeing a counselor uh, to focus on mental health. There's a broad array of positive enforcement mm-hmm. through social media platforms or, you know, other platforms. So it's gotten better, mm-hmm. but I still feel like some people may wonder what that process is like, mm. a- including myself. I mean, I've seen counselors, but before I did, mm-hmm. that used to scare me because I didn't know how that works. And I, I'm specifically talking about the intake process. So I'm curious, what scared you? Ah, what scared me? Well, honestly, first and foremost, I just did not know how a counselor would address my issues. I'm like, you're not in my head. Right. And then secondly, you know. It's probably good they're not in your head. <laughs> that's true. So that's a positive. That's a positive. The second thing I was thinking was, okay, so for them to be able to evaluate me, they must require multiple sessions or, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of information from me on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think just 
the fact that a lot will need to be done added more to my anxiety. Mm, I see. Yeah, and and uh, that's why I want to acknowledge that fear and anxiety is part of the process of even seeking help, mm-hmm. right? And that process is is just as normal as it can get, okay? So it's also scary to open up to a stranger. You don't know this person, right? There's that as well. And like telling your entire story is also tiring, Mm -hmm. maybe. But there are many ways of going about this and taking this as a normal and accepting the fact that it is going to be difficult to face those fears by yourself. And usually clients seek counseling services when they're in a static state, right? And they're unable to change their behaviors or their patterns of thoughts. Mm. That's usually when people do go to counselors, right? And I want to also clarify that counselors promote wellness, growth, development, and most importantly, empowerment. Mm. And by doing so, the first step for a counselor is to establish a report. Mm-hmm. And before that person, the client comes into the office, yes, there is paperwork. You have to look for a counselor, right? You have to also kind of see if the counselor fits you. Mm-hmm. It's not just you go to someone, a specialist, and they're just going to take care of your wound, mm-hmm. right? It's much deeper than that. Nice. So the first step usually begins by you looking through your psychology today is a great resource. It's a website where you can find your, your counselors around your area. There are a lot of filters that you can use. Uh, you can use your insurance as a filter as well. Okay. So you can see who accepts your insurance. The self-pay or out-of-network counselors are also there. If you're not willing to go through your insurance or you don't have insurance, there is a sliding scale rate where you get to pay less than what they're charging in case, you know, you can't afford. Uh, that usually happens when you're doing self-pay. So these are some things, just few things you can determine through psychology today, right? Another way of going about it is to go through your insurance website if you have insurance. And depending on what plans you have, They'll give you, your copay will depend on your plan, of course, how much you have to pay up front. And if you go to the website in your profile, you can look up uh, therapists or psychiatrists or psychologists near you. Mm -hmm. You can look them up. Uh, Unfortunately, sometimes in insurance pages, there is no rating of Mm -hmm. the counselors or the professionals you're going to see. So you might have to do some you know, um, Google search. <laughs> I see. So you can see their ratings or maybe some um, comments on their Google reviews and stuff like that. So there are those ways of kind of looking for a counselor. I see. Okay. And for the next step is when you find one, right? It suits you. You're going there. You have called them. Just make a call, talk to the admin. Or sometimes even counselors, um, you know, receive their own phone calls if they don't have an admin. So you get to speak to them. A lot of places, the counselors will give you a 15 minutes free session mm-hmm. where you get to like in brief tell them uh, the issues you're coming with, the concerns you have. 
and also hear the counselor what methods they're using. You can ask them any question you want. I see. You know, just to get to know what, if your needs fit what they can give you or the services they provide. Great, great. No, those were some fantastic information, Priyanka. I mean, starting with some of the exercises that you can do on your own, maybe utilizing some apps to, you know, seeking professional help. Mm -hmm. So that's great. No, fantastic. I'm really, really happy Mm -hmm. that you were able to make time for us today and give me and our listeners the information that we've been actually looking for for some time. So thank thank you. you for being here. No, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, it was a pleasure having Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to Beyond by Wings on your favorite podcast platform. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Or reach out to us on our website. You can also shoot us an email at info at eandassociates.com.